The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So the question about um, practicing with receptive awareness, particularly in sitting, being um, much more likely to get pulled away, harder to stay connected, and um, just to comment about that and wondering if there's any any thoughts or suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> um, partly patience. Um, it, it, is, it is a different kind of practice, and when we have the habit of focusing on something, it can feel very unmoored to not have something to kind of hang on to. Another thing that can happen, it can, it can feel like um, uh, it's harder to know whether you're mindful or not because we have connected with something. We, we, we have used the breath as kind of being with the breath as an indication, oh, I'm mindful. And so that's one piece, too, that, that as we um, open to a broader awareness, it takes, a t it takes time to learn what it feels like to be aware. And you were talking about this the last couple of sits. So, yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so one, thing, um, one thing to check into is, is just, you know, so there's a way that it could be, at least at the beginning, in the sitting, a little bit of a prompting of the mindfulness. So using a question, aware, yeah. aware, mm -hmm. and of what? So that so that you're 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 noticing both the awareness and consciously acknowledging what what is being received. So you are you are touching into that. And that of course can change, you know, so and and it can be at first too that you might just want to to just explore the what of what's here, what's here, mm -hmm. what's here. Mm -hmm. Have you done the mindfulness out loud practice with me? No. Yeah, no. Okay. How do you feel about doing it? Okay. I guess I'll give the instructions for the recording. <laughs> um, so we'll be in twos or threes, depending on how many people there are. Um, well, actually, what we'll do is if somebody, if somebody, if there's if there's an odd number, I'll pair with somebody. That'll be easier. Um, and so we'll be in pairs, and we'll do it for short. We'll do a little. It'll be really short, like. We'll do two minutes, just to give you a flavor of this. And um, in the pairs, one person will go, one person will start um, by just narrating, using a, using a, um, a phrase to prompt themselves. And I'll, I'll model it right now. Now I'm aware of seeing. Now I'm aware of hearing. Now I'm aware of contact. Now I'm aware of breathing. Now I'm aware of relaxation. Now I'm aware of happiness. Now I'm aware of hearing. Now I'm aware of relaxing. Now I'm aware of smiling. 
no more breathing, etc. <laughs> <laughs> So it just, it just, you just, it's a receiving. So you launch into the sentence, now I'm aware of, and then at that point, what's obvious? Often what happens, at least in my experience, you know, there'll be maybe two or three things you notice while you're saying, now I'm aware of. Just let those go and whatever is, is there. So there can be a little pause there. Um, and, and just you know, see what, what wants to come to you. So this is a, it's a, in a way it's, it's a pointing to how to do this receptive practice. You could almost do this internally uh, in the sitting practice. Just, yeah. You know, it's like just hearing, 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 smiling. <laughs> you know, just, 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 internally so that you're not focusing on any one thing but receiving experience and doing it out loud for a couple minutes can give you a sense of the possibility for having a little bit of continuity I mean even two minutes of continuity I think you'll notice there's there's quite a bit of um, settling that happens so um, just a a couple pointers Um, probably the first things you're going to notice first things that are going to be obvious are body things body sensations sound sight things like that but you know just be open to that you might also notice mind states moods emotions even thoughts um one particular there's a couple particular things you might notice at certain points with this particular exercise at that moment now i'm aware of and the mind might do something like What am I aware of? What am I aware of? What's happening? In that moment, what's happening is the mind is searching for something to be aware of. So that's what you can name in that moment. You don't don't have to land on something and then name that. It's like, that's the activity. Now I'm aware of searching. Another thing that can happen is that you can become aware. You can be aware. And there's, there's knowing that there's like, you know, you know that you're seeing, you know that you're hearing, but it's not like that's where the attention's going. And you're not really sure exactly what is most obvious. It's, there's, it's this, like nothing is really coming. In that case, you can just say or name, now I'm aware of knowing, or now I'm aware of being aware. So that, that just highlights that piece. Um, any questions? Um, oh wait yeah. great question so uh, the, yeah the, the question came up about naming or identifying um, what the sound is or potentially you know now I'm aware of feet or now I'm aware of hands or something like that um, I like to suggest that you try to go for uh, because crow is a concept you know, it's an idea. You know it's a crow, but the, the, what is heard is not crow. What is heard is... Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> so, so that, you know, we can't really... You know, we're not going to name that, so hearing is good. <laughs> And, and I'd say the same thing for body sensations. And, you know, it's like foot is a concept, actually. 
you know, you may be experiencing pressure or tangling or vibration. So, you know, seeing if you can touch into the actual experience rather than the idea. But, you know, if you, if you can't come up with, the, with what the actual, because sometimes we don't know. I mean, like, it feels like, yeah, I know hand, but we're not so aware of the language of, like, contact or smoothness or roughness. Or, and so if, if hand is the only thing that comes in, that's okay. You know, you don't have to search for the, for the word. Yeah. That's helpful, though. So with respect to the body, you could, you could also name sensing or, or feeling. You, know, you could just, just name that. Um, there's kind of a language of the body, kind of different, different sense experiences that we begin to get familiar with. You know, there's a kind of a, there's a category of, of, of movement, of vibration, of energy, of pulsing, of tingling, of that kind of sensation. There's a category of hardness, um, you know, density, you know, that kind of thing, uh, hardness, softness. Then there's a category of um, moisture, um, liquidity, wetness, stickiness, things like that. And then there's the category of temperature, hot, cold. Um, and, you know, those kind of cover the range of the actual, like, tactile experiences. Um, and yet, it, you know, if, you, if they don't naturally come to you, like some of them might like pressure. You might be experiencing pressure uh, of the, the hips against the chair, or you might be experiencing coolness or warmth, things like that. And those could be those could be also used. And they're they're closer to. I mean, rather than so, there's there's contact or pressure, and that's different than hips against the chair. So so it's a little closer to the actual experience. Yeah. Other questions? Okay. Yeah. It's related to that, but it's more more on the. Another great question. Um, so, in exploring or pointing to uh, all the feelings or emotions or relationships that we've been exploring this week, um, not knowing a lot of the words or not having words for that and where where to find those. Um, you know, one thing that, that Gil suggested for me early in my practice, because I also had trouble with this, it's like he would say, you know, what's the feeling? And I'd say, oh, it's pressure. And he says, he, he asked me some other question. And then the third time he said, what's the emotion? <laughs> I have no idea what the emotion is. <laughs> so he was trying to get at get what's the emotion, but I, I couldn't tell him. So he gave me the task of of um, becoming more familiar with my emotions and suggested I create an emotion list from dictionaries, from thesaurus, and I actually used the thesaurus. You know, I picked an emotion I was familiar with, like anger, and then in the thesaurus there's a whole bunch of synonyms that give you different flavors of anger. And then there are also emotion lists on the internet. You can, you can search for, you can type in emotion list and you'll get lists too. And, and one thing that he suggested was have that list with you and then four or five times a day feel into what's happening and then go down the list and see if there's anything that feels like it is close. It feel, feels like it's a close match. And that began to give me some of the language. And so for now for this you could also do, just use feeling or emotion if you don't know what the emotion is. Sometimes I give an analogy about um, 
getting mindfulness going. And you've probably heard this analogy, the scooter analogy. Um, you know, that, that um, those scooters, so kick scooters, not a motor scooter, a kick scooter. So you're standing on the little, like, whatever that platform is. And to get going, you have to put your foot down and tap, and tap, and tap, and tap. And to start, you kind of have to tap pretty frequently and get the momentum going. But then you can ride for a little while. And then as you ride, you start getting familiar with what it feels like when it gets wobbly, and then you put your foot down and tap again. And it's kind of similar in the mindfulness that, um, you know, you could use this, this practice of an internal, now I'm aware of, or just naming, hearing, seeing, contact, as, a, as just as the receiving, what's received. Like the tapping, you know, just get, get, getting the momentum going a little bit. And then seeing if there is a little bit of momentum where you can just receive and know. But, but then as we start getting familiar with that feeling of that momentum, we also may start to get familiar with the feeling of the, mo- the, the momentum of mindfulness getting wobbly. And then you might just need a little bit of a, oh, connect again. Oh, yeah, hearing, seeing. Oh, okay, now I can coast again. And so the, the, um, the effort in the receptive practice is kind of like the effort of the tapping. It's a light touch of tapping. We don't like put our foot down and bear down and push really hard to get that scooter going. It's tap, tap, tap. So it's like that. It's a light touch. But it is energy to keep it connecting. And then after a little while, you might, you might see that you don't need to have that energy. You can just like ride like the scooter a little bit. And, and then maybe a couple little reminders. And then ride again. So you can, you can reduce the frequency also. And then kind of rest in between. So the question about... Noticing that in conversation, this is a really hard place to be mindful. It's it, and it is one of the most difficult places. Now, this exercise that we just did gives you the possibility, in a very structured way, of seeing that it's possible to be mindful while you're talking. Right. Yes. But the content was about being mindful, so that makes it easier to be mindful. Um, but the, the I mean. There's a couple of things that I can suggest. I mean, the, the conversation, partly the bit, one of the big reasons it's so difficult to be mindful in conversation is because our attention is so much in the content of what we're doing. It's in the thoughts, it's in the ideas, and we don't have a lot of habit or practice with being aware of content. We are much more, when we practice meditation, we actively let go of content. So we're, you know, we're not practicing being aware of, of content so much. You know, thoughts come up, we, we tend to let them go and come back to something much more, um, you know, direct experience. And so the, the learning to be mindful with content is a big part of this. And there's a couple places to begin. Um, and, and it's useful. I mean... If we can't be mindful while content is going on, there's vast chunks of our day that it's hopeless. So 
I do know that it is possible to be uh, to be mindful while there's content going on, but it 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 is. It takes practice, and it is a challenge. But a good place to start, there's a couple of places, is in reading and writing. Um, because you're dealing with content when you're reading and writing, but um, you can slow down. You, can, you might, for a stretch of time, like if you're at the computer writing an email, you, you might you know, set a little reminder for yourself on the computer to be mindful while you're writing the email. So you've got some reminder. And then do it as an exercise. So not trying to do it real time, but exploring this, uh, the possibility of being aware of content and then noticing how you are with that content. So this is, this is at first it, it's kind of a back and forth. Here's some content. Here's something I'm thinking about offering to somebody else in writing. Write a sentence. How are you with that? There, there'll be a lot going on there. There'll be, how's the other person going to receive it? There'll be thoughts about what your motivation is. So there'll be a lot there. And then another sentence. And then it, it, at first it'll be a back and forth. Some content, how am I with that content? Some content, how am I with that content? And then as you get more familiar with being aware of how you are in relationship to content. So that's, that's a piece of what we're talking about here is being aware of how content affects us. I mean, words are so powerful. Words are in amazingly powerful. I'll do an exercise with you in a minute to show this. <laughs> um, but actually, you might have noticed this. How many of you noticed in the um, exercise when somebody else was saying what they were aware of, that you became aware of that. And some of you, you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, so that, you know, when somebody says something, it's like it, it, it affects us. It, it has an effect on us. And so content has an effect on us. And to become aware of that... It, it really supports us in our day to, to be aware of how we are in relationship to everything that's going on around us. And so the, so at first, again, it's kind of a back and forth. You, 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 you thinking about saying something or writing something, and then how am I? And then the other place to practice with it is reading. Because there you are basically taking in the contents of somebody else's mind. And you can, again, slow it down. Um, so read a, I mean, I, I, I do this sometimes with the, with the New York Times in the morning. I'll read a headline. It's like, okay, how's that one land? And <laughs> read another headline. How does that one land? So that there's this, you know, recognition of, of yes, there's stuff coming in and it affects me. It, it has an impact. So what's the impact? What's the effect of that content? What's the relationship with the content? Yes, exactly. 